Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Carrie Lucas, Managing Director at the Independent Women's Forum and your host for today's Working for Women podcast. Today I'm here with Claudia Rosette. Claudia really needs no introduction. She's a longtime Wall Street journalist reporter, breaking scandals about the UN and writing about things like the oil and food for, oil for food program. She's been a resident journalist at the Foundations for the Defense of Democracies, a columnist for PJ Media and Forbes magazine, and today she's a contributing editor at the New York Sun, and we are thrilled that she's also a foreign policy fellow for the Independent Women's Forum. So, Claudia, many thanks for taking the time to be here with me today. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you, Carrie. Sure. Well, um, you know, many people have been taking a break from politics and the news this summer. They might not have heard about recent revelations that the Obama administration uh, it looks like they have um, included a ransom to Iran as part of the, um, the much-talked-about Iran deal, um, but they included a ransom trying to free American prisoners. Can you kind of fill us in on the details of what, what we've learned this summer about that situation? Yeah, sure. Um, this comes out of a deal that was done in January by the Obama administration, which President Obama announced on January 17th. And there was a lot, go- that was a weekend, it was a Sunday. There was a lot going on that weekend. Uh, the Saturday had been the formal implementation of the very controversial Iran nuclear deal, which is a terrible deal to carry, but we'll leave that for in detail for another day. Because on Sunday, January 17th, President Obama announced that along with the formal implementation of the nuclear deal, there would be a release of a number of American prisoners who had been held in Iran, effectively hostages. These were people like uh, the former Marine, uh, Mr. Hekmati, um, a pastor, uh, you know, a number of people who were arrested on trumped-up charges, effectively were being held as hostages. And then in the same statement, President Obama announced that he, he described it as a separate development, that a settlement had been reached uh, of an old dispute, financial dispute with Iran that had been before this Iran-U.S. claims tribunal in The Hague in the Netherlands for 35 years, um, and that the United States had agreed to pay one... His, okay, here we get to the important point. That's what, this is what you're asking about today. The U.S. had agreed to pay $1.7 billion to Iran to settle this old claim, which was for money paid by the Shah for a weapons deal that fell through after the 1979 Islamic Revolution. This money had been held by the U.S. waiting for a resolution of this claim. And what President Obama told us is that he had, his administration had negotiated these great terms for settling it, where we would pay Iran back the $400 million plus $1.3 billion in interest. Actually, President Obama didn't announce those amounts. Secretary of State John Kerry did. President Obama just told us, this is a great deal. Uh, although we have seen no evidence at all, this was a great deal. Well, people at the time, there were critics, including in Congress, who said, hey, wait, that sounds like ransom. On the same day you're announcing that you're get, getting you American prisoners back and you're p- going to pay Iran $1.7 billion. But the administration provided almost no details of how that transaction was being done. So for months, periodically, the press and Congress would ask about it. Congress wrote letters. The press asked questions. The administration wouldn't say. And then in early August, and now we get to the summer, in early August, the Wall Street Journal broke the story that the $400 million had been returned to Iran 
in the form of cash aboard an airplane the same day that the prisoners were released. Okay, now everybody got interested because cash to Iran, which is the world's leading state sponsor of terror, that's bad. If you and I or I did that, that would be a felony, okay? But yeah. in this case, it was the government doing it. And then there were further revelations. Uh, another story in the Wall Street Journal on the timing of these, this shipment. And the State Department finally confirmed, more than seven months after this deal was announced, that, yes, the timing of the, on which the $400 million in cash was released to Iran was contingent, was, quote, leverage for the release of the American prisoners. Okay, that looks a lot like a ransom, which... President Obama has said it's not our policy. The administration has denied that it was a ransom. That leaves us, so we, there's a big controversy over that. It sure looks like a ransom. And that's how the rest of the world would be, that's how the rest of the world would be crazy not to see that, which means there's effectively now a market price for American hostages, pretty high one, $100 million a head, more or less. Yeah. Um, but that leaves us with the $1.3 billion that the administration said it would pay in interest for the rest of the settlement. And on that, the administration would not say anything about when it went through, how it went through. Well, here's where I had the interesting chance to break part of that story. Um, last weekend, I, we know that the administration confirmed that this money came from a fund at Treasury called the Judgment Fund which is used to pay out awards for claims against the United States government. And I was looking through the database of their payments this year. If you search for Iran, you turn up nothing. But if you look for what did the, where was the State Department involved in awards, I actually, I came up, I, I put that in as a search term, and up came a list of payments for, okay, bear with me, I'm just going to give you the digits. Nine 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 and ninety nine cents. In other words, a penny shy of a hundred million dollars. Thirteen of them, plus another ten point four million dollar payment for change. You add those up, and that was clearly the one point three billion payment. So I went back to my old editor from Wall Street Journal days, uh, who now runs the New York Sun, and said, "Would you like a story on this?" And uh, he published my story on Monday about these payments, which there was no other possible explanation than that this was the Iran payment going through. What it meant, Carrie, was that the $1.3 billion in so-called in negotiated interest and what the administration says was interest on this money returned to Iran went through just two days after the hostages were returned, after the $400 million in cash was sent to Iran. One of those days, so the deal was announced on a Sunday, prisoners came out on a Sunday, $400 million cash went through on a Sunday. The next day was a federal holiday. Banks weren't open. It was Martin Luther King Day. On Tuesday, the first day the banks were open again, uh, the transfer went through. That is incredible haste. Wow. Uh, somehow the government just wanted that sent. Now, we still don't know in what form it was sent, whether that $1.3 billion was also exchanged into cash whether it was wired to Iran, but we now have a very troubling-looking timeline. Uh, the State Department and Treasury and White House w have refused to answer questions on this over and over. Uh, you know, I've gone round and round asking for confirmation. Finally, yesterday at the State Department briefing, the State Department said, yes, those 99999 payments <laughs> were 
the Iran settlement. So they finally admitted it. But, okay, that was a complicated explanation, Carrie. But the bottom line is the administration greatly covered up what this sort of the speed, the timing, the speed and the cash that was involved in this very large transaction, sending $1.7 billion to the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. And uh, they have been, the only things that we've been learning about this have come because stories have broken in the press where the Obama administration finally was just caught and had to concede, yeah, that's that's actually what happened. There is still more mystery to it. But we're looking at a case where the $1.3 billion, that was your tax dollars. That's our tax money that they send. And they will not say why the payments were set up that way, broken out in a way that didn't actually attract attention unless you stop to look at that list of 999s, um, or why they refused for months and months to tell Congress or the press, hey, just look at the database. Here's exactly where you can look. Here's the list. Instead, they kept it secret. It's really in other words, we have we have a bad we have an ugly looking intrigue going on here. Yeah, that's it's such an amazing story, and I, and um, as you kind of alluded to earlier, a lot of Americans were skeptical about the Iran deal to begin with, and were worried that it was fundamentally um, a problem and not in America's interest. And there was a sense that, um, you know, there's been the revelations that a lot of the details, um, even in, in regards to how this was supposed to discourage uh, Iran from going nuclear, that a lot of it was, was not really terribly truthful, the story that the administration was, was telling us. So I feel like this is confirming our worst suspicions and kind of adding to that, that narrative that this was, that the um, administration has really been trying to sneak something by the American public when it comes to what, what they've dis, um, they uh, the deal they made with Iran. That's exactly right. That's precisely what's been happening. The, yeah. The, the, well, do yeah, you go think, ahead. So, what, what happens next? I mean, is there anything? Um, you obviously Congress. I'm, I'm sure might be asking more questions, but there's there's kind of nothing that um, nothing that anybody can do to reverse course when it comes to this this money, right? Or, or what are the potential outcomes? Or what's the um, you know, what's the next step that might happen as a result of these these revelations? Well, one of the things that is always a good thing uh, for something like this is daylight. Congress is planning to hold hearings on this so-called settlement, this payment of $1.7 billion to Iran, and try to find out. They've been sending letters to the administration without getting real clear answers for some time. They'll be holding hearings when they come back in September, and we may find out more about it. We may also find out what really, what slate of hand went on inside the administration. And what you just said about the, the enti- all the dealings with Iran, uh, this $1.7 billion settlement is sort of one piece of this heap of deals, negotiations, settlements. The big one is the Iran nuclear deal itself. And that was something where the U.S., by the time it was done, when, when, when before President Obama began this negotiation, the U.N. was prohibiting Iran from enriching uranium, okay, which is important. That's, that was a, it, was, it wasn't actually succeeding in stopping Iran, but there was at least a prohibition on it. It was forbidden by the so-called international community. By the time the deal was done, 
Iran had acquired, quote, the right to enrich uranium, which is insane. It's a terror-sponsoring state that has been pursuing nuclear weapons for years, quite clearly. And uh, they now have, under this deal, license to work on the technology. Uh, If they decide to cheat, we call them out. They can walk away that day. If they say they decide to call us out as not satisfying them, the deal is they can walk away that day. And it could break up any time. Um, they're forbidden on, under terms of the, the sort of emerge from the deal. They're not supposed to be testing ballistic missiles. Yeah. What's useful about a ballistic missile? It's really its main use. The only real use they would have for it is to carry a nuclear weapon. Okay. When they say President Obama has been telling us that this deal guarantees an exclusively peaceful Iran nuclear program, which is nonsense. It was never exclusively peaceful. This is one of the world's, Iran is, has one of the world's, uh, it's one of the richest countries in the world in terms of oil and gas reserves. And they have tried, they have been pursuing this nuclear program for years. It's not that they're desperate for electrical power. This is about perfecting technology for the bomb, quite clearly. And this deal doesn't actually stop it. If anything, it legitimizes part of it and leaves them roads where either they stick with the deal over the next eight, ten years and arrive at a point where they've got the technology, the massive production facilities to make nuclear weapons very quickly, or they cheat and get there much sooner. And in the middle of all this, when you send them, when President Obama sends them $400 million in cash, that's not actually terribly useful for Tehran for repairing the sewers of, in Iran or the roads. That's useful for things like funding terrorism, buying illicit components for the nuclear and missile programs for dirty dealings. And we're still left with the question of how did the $1.3 billion get to them? Who's actually got that now? You can do a lot of damage with that, Gary. Yeah, that's, a, that's unbelievable. Well, um, you know, as we kind of so... Obviously, we have um, an election coming up where we are going to have a new president who's going to have to pick up the pieces of our relationship. You know, obviously, this isn't um, this hasn't only affected uh, the image kind of our dealings with Iran, but has um, creates a lot of, of strange incentives for other uh, regimes and um, people around the world. Um, well, how when you start seeing this through the Hillary versus Trump um, paradigm, what is it? What do you think, and what should Americans be hoping for or expect from the next administration? Well, the, one of the further problems of all these dealings with Iran, which effectively legitimize this terror-sponsoring Islamic tyranny, um, which right now has been expanding its influence in the Middle East, uh, their chant is death to America. Remember, they were planning to blow up a, the Saudi ambassador in a Washington restaurant a few years ago. Um, the, uh, what, what this deal does, and the general way that President Obama has been dealing with Iran, it's legitimized all this. And uh, other countries notice. Russia and China see this. And what they see is that the United States is really not a power to be reckoned with. They see a president effectively appeasing. And in fact, in, one way to regard it is buying off Iran. Now, they, have, they, they, have, they already have nuclear weapons, Russia and China. Okay, These are more powerful forces to reckon with 
if they decide that they really want to turn seriously antagonistic, and that's the road that they're following right now. In other words, there's no line being drawn in the sand by America. We, were, we have been, for, since World War II, America was, has been the leader of the free world, the real bulwark of freedom. And America has been, under President Obama, retreating from that role in ways that invite powers hostile to the United States, hostile to democracy, to expand, become more aggressive. Russia moves into Ukraine and uh, grabs Crimea, threatens Ukraine, the rest of Ukraine. Uh, China is busy building, trying to claim the South China Sea by building these artificial islands there. North Korea. When President Obama came to, took office, North Korea had conducted one nuclear test. Now they've conducted four. Three of those were under President Obama. When they see that Iran is getting away with the, with violating all the UN sanctions, with, is getting this great deal from the U.S. on the nuclear program, North Korea has even less incentive to pay attention when the U.S. says, no, you're not allowed to develop nuclear weapons and starve, your, starve and murder your own children. Um, so it emboldens America's enemies, and they're by now emboldening each other. You can throw into that pot. I'm here to bring you lots of good news today, Carrie. This is just the most <laughs> yeah. cheerful, cheerful discussion. It's a scary world, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's look at the realities, because this is what the next president will have to address. Even, say, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, this whole brew of terrorist organizations that has been spreading, expanding, you know, moving into new terrain on President Obama's watch, they, too, see that America does not deal seriously with countries that threaten us, that are, that when a country says it wants to annihilate the United States, it's not wise to say, oh, they don't have the ability to do that, so we don't care, it's meaningless. It's wise to say, we don't want to make, let them get anywhere near the ability to do that. In fact, we want to make sure they don't threaten to annihilate us. Because that alone sends a bad message to the world, that you can threaten that and we'll sit there, say, fine, it's okay, you don't want that. And you have right now a scene where the Iran nuclear deal, the fallout of this, and my goodness, you know, it's the United States State Department has described Iran as the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism and then tells us, hey, it's a great deal. We're shipping them a $1.7 billion settlement, which the press then on Earth has been shipped in cash. That's, that's, that's a terrible message to send the world. It says, don't worry, if we say, when we draw a line, as in Syria, we don't mean it. Now, the next president, um, I don't want to endorse a candidate here. I'm just going to talk about policy. Sure. Uh, Hillary Clinton has supported the Iran nuclear deal. She has said she's in favor of it. In fact, the preliminary secret talks, again, there's a lot here that's been kept secret from Americans. Yeah. We didn't learn until very recently that under, during Hillary's final stretch as Secretary of State, one of her closest aides, Jake Sullivan, whose name is, by the way, all over the email scandal, but the, <laughs> uh, yeah. was, was the emissary who went for secret talks in Oman to really get these, the Iran nuclear talks rolling that led to this terrible nuclear deal. Um, so I'm not optimistic that she would improve on this policy. I'm very concerned, uh, given her entire record as Secretary of State, actually, from Benghazi 
to Libya. Remember, Libya was, they were bragging up as a success in 2012 before Benghazi. It's yeah. a disaster. Um, and so I have great concerns there. Uh, on Donald Trump, I don't think we actually know. Um, and I certainly would take into account the prevarications and the changes he's made in statements and so on. At the yeah. same time, I think there's a, more room there for upside potential. In other words, I, he doesn't have a record. Hillary has a record that tells me she's desperately dead wrong, has terrible instincts, and I have no reason to expect she would, she would improve this very dangerous scene that's taken shape under President Obama. On Mr. Trump, I don't know, but there's enough, given some of the statements he's made that seem to look more clearly at the realities here, uh, I think there's some chance that he might do a better job. So well, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's that's a, a tough spot a tough we're issue. in, Carrie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it a, is. You know, but I can say, look, let's go to, there is one bottom line that I think is clear, and that is that it's important for the healthy working of democracy. A free market, capitalist democracy, a free society, what we grew up with and would like to preserve, protect, honor, defend, what you want to pass on to your children, right, is that the government is honest with its own people. There may be things where for security reasons, we don't want to compromise those who are risking their lives for us in the field. Or, you know, there are some things that for security reasons must be kept secret, but not this. When, pre- when the president sends $1.7 billion to a terror-sponsoring state as part of a deal he announces and describes as all above board, the administration should be forthcoming with every detail of that. We should be able to see it because we should be able to debate with full information whether this is good policy or not. And that has gone wildly missing in this scene. Well, you know, Claudia, I, we're all so appreciative that you've been um, kind of doing the hard work of, of really uncovering what's been going on here. We really do, the American people do deserve to know this, and it's it's disturbing that the administration has been covering so much of this up. And, you know, I thank you not only for your work in writing that article, but for taking the time to talk with me about this today. You know, I've really learned a lot. Um, and thank you for li- everybody who's listening. This has been another edition of IWF's Working for Women podcast. You can find more about this topic and many more at IWF.org. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.